Sunday, we will have some major announcements that are pretty exciting, and you're going to want to hear them. So it's going to be some cool stuff. Amen? Amen. Amen. Next Sunday, some special announcements. So uh, we just, you can turn uh, to Luke chapter 2. Father, we just thank you for the gift of Jesus. We just praise you and we love you. Lord, we are so honored to be able to worship you this morning, to come together as family, held together by the blood of the Lamb, and Lord, and worship the gift of all gifts, the King of kings, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, what you did in that moment 2,000 years ago, what you did in that moment changed history forever. Changed not just world history, but changed eternal history, what you did. Father, we thank you so much for that. Thank you for Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all for being here. There's, um, you know, this is in the Christmas season, it's a season of gifts And the reason why it is a season of gifts is because he was truly the gift of gifts. There's no greater gift than him. And a lot of times I do think that we, uh, we focus more on other gifts than we do focus on the gift. And it's good to come back to that and just say, you know what? He really is the reason for the season. He really is the gift that deserves all of my attention, that deserves everything I do, everything, every moment of every day ought to be focused on Him and ought to be focused on worshiping Him. Every thought, every word, every action, it all ought to be about Him. This is what it means for Him to truly be our Lord. And why would we want for Him to be our Lord? Why would we want to serve Him in that way? Well, when you receive Christ, there is a heart change. There is something that happens, and all of a sudden, love enters in. And when love enters in, all of a sudden, there's something in our heart that that says, man, I want to love God back. I want to love on Him. But then there's something else about it is, is this. When you realize just how much Christ loves you, and you realize what he wants to do, the good that he wants to do for you, all of a sudden you start to really realize when you, when you have revelation of just how much he loves you, all of a sudden you have revelation that if he is leading me to something, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's, that's who he is. And he's worthy of trusting him in that way. In other words, if I have over here, my flesh wants to do something, but over here... Jesus wants me to do something, this is always going to end up better. Following Christ is always going to end up better. Even if my flesh may be missing out on something, if God says over here to do it, we start to realize this always works better. And the more experience we have with Him, the stronger that grows. And you start to realize it can't go any other way but better because of how much He loves me. Because of how much He loves us. You see, it can't go any other way. He was the greatest of gifts. What unlocked all of that? Jesus. Jesus, the gift of Jesus from Father God, unlocked it all. And so, you know, part of the reason why I love that song, 
you know, what child is this? I know Nicole loves the one that talks about Mary. Did you know? Is Did we really realize how much was wrapped up in Christ when he came to the earth? Did we really realize just how much was wrapped up in him? I don't think we, I still don't think we grasp it fully now. But it's a great thing to sit back and say, do I really know what he is, who he is, what he's doing? Do I really know the fullness of it? Is there more to him than even what I know right now? Then there is. There is. He's awesome and he loves us so much. One of the things that I wanted to talk about is this, is in that gift, you know, we've talked about this before, but who sets the value of something? Is it the buyer or the seller? Because a seller at a store, they can set a price, but the buyer really sets the value. Because if the buyer won't purchase it, they can set a price all day long, but it doesn't mean that it's worthy of it. And so one of the things that's great to look at in the gift of gifts in Jesus is this, is that God looked down, saw you, and he said, here's what they're worth. They're worth my son. They're worth my son. Man, that ought to wake us up and and just to the reality of how much God actually loves us. For God to say, all right, here's another thing. What makes something valuable? You know, one of the things that makes things valuable is its rarity, right? Why is a why is a flawless diamond, why does it cost so much? Because it's rare. It doesn't happen all the time, right? Well, how rare was Christ? There was only one in the universe. Not just in the world, in the universe. In, in eternity, stretched out as far as it can go. There was only one. And so you start to see that the value of God's love towards you, that he placed on you as the buyer, as the purchaser of your soul, he said, I love you more than you can even imagine. And the gift that I'm about to give you, you can't even put a price on it. It's so high. There is no other. He truly is the gift of gifts. Amen? Let's read this. uh, And I want to talk to you about this. You know, in this Christmas season, it's kind of funny because uh, if you have kids or you've been around kids, about the time they get to Luke's age, uh, about three, four, five, something like that, Um, you can pretty much tell if they like a gift or not, you know. (laughs) It's like, you can, they'll open the gift, you know, and and it's like, like, he he did pretty good, I have to say. But like, he was like, uh, close, next gift, you know. (laughs) And and then, have you ever watched them open, you know, kids open a gift, they're like, oh, what is that, you know. And they just, it's like, you can tell if a kid likes, likes their gift or not. But, you know, the person that buys that gift, what, let's say that the person spent a lot of time, they tried to find something that that kid liked, and then the kid opens it up and goes, ugh, you know, like that. 
it kind of hurts our heart a little bit, even though they're kids. And uh, you know, you have to you have to get over that. I remember when Abigail and Rachel both did that. You know, the first time we were like, "Ow, that hurt!" You know, it was like, "Dang, I spent time on that kid. You better straighten up." No, and no, Nicole did that. Um, and <laughs> and uh, but what is it like when someone rejects our gifts? It's a good question. What is it like when someone rejects our gifts? It can hurt. It can hurt. Luke chapter 2 and verse 6. It says, While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. There was no room. And I've often thought about this. Here comes Mary and Joseph, Jesus still in her stomach, getting ready to give birth. The Son of God is coming into the world. And they go up to the inn, and the innkeepers answer the door. And I've thought about the innkeepers, and I'm like, how would you like to be the one who said, Ah, oh, we don't have any room for you here, but you can go sleep in the barn. How would you like to have that written down in history about you? The Son of God, the most valuable gift ever, the gift of gifts, is standing on your front steps. And all of a sudden you say, you can go to the barn. I mean, wouldn't you, like, if somebody really, really important showed up at your house, you know, wouldn't you kind of be like, we will find a place for you, right? And think about had they, think about it if they had done that. Think about if they had done that. We'd be reading about them, probably know their names to this day, right? I, I hope they're in heaven. That would be better than the alternative. But, um, you know, not funny but it is kind of funny but it's I hope that they are but can you imagine what it would be like to be like yeah who are y'all nice to meet you some you know hadn't met everybody in heaven oh we're the innkeepers oh <laughs> right sorry about that yeah, it's like but you know what we would have probably done the same thing but how would you like to be that would that be good or would you like to maybe have made a better decision? You know, what's interesting about the innkeepers is they did nothing different than the majority of people. Here was the Son of God, and they didn't have enough discernment to discern, to know that God was in their midst. I mean, the, the people that God chose as his people to bring about the message to the world, the Jews, they, they also did not recognize. The Pharisees also did not recognize son. Their discernment was not there. They didn't recognize, and they went so far as, matter of fact, we don't, need, we don't recognize you, Jesus. We don't recognize you as the promised Messiah, so much so that we shouted out, crucify him. So in this innkeeper's, you know, going back to it, I mean, I would say that we've probably all done that in some way, and you'll see that a little bit more, but 
But don't, wouldn't you like to just, wouldn't it be nice if we could kind of go back and read this again and it's like, yeah, and there was this guy and, and, and his wife and they accepted him in and gave Jesus his own bed, you know, uh, gave Mary and Joseph their own room so that the Son of God could be brought into the earth. Wouldn't that be nice? But you know what that takes? That takes a humility and a discernment. See, what was probably going on is they were so wrapped up in their business. They were so wrapped up in, hey, we don't have any more rooms. I'm sorry about that. You know, I, hey, at least, at the very least, I can offer you my barn. I know it's not much, but, hey, it's better than sleeping in the cold. They're so wrapped up in their business that they didn't stop long enough to discern. Don't you know, we know from the way the Holy Spirit works that he's talking to us all the time. Don't you know that the Holy Spirit was giving them opportunity to not be the people that said, hey, you can have the barn, but to be the people that opened up and say, look, take our, take our room, my bed. I, I can tell you from the character of, of God and how he works, he was trying to talk to them. But we can all get so wrapped up in our daily stuff that we miss it. And we miss what God's doing. Here's the question. Daily, do we make room for Jesus in the end of our heart? Or do we reject him? Maybe because we thought it would look different. You know, maybe they were sitting there at the door of the inn and they were like, well, if it was the Messiah, he would have come like this. But here he comes like this. And we just, ah, the barn. And the barn. But see, in our lives, doesn't it always, you know, a lot of times, I watch this all the time as a pastor, people want the power of God. They want God to move in their life. They want God to just like fix it, right? I mean, fix it. But then when God says, hey, don't forsake the assembly. Come together. Discipline yourself. Get in the Word. Pray. Turn the TV off. That doesn't look like fixed. And so a lack of humility leads to a lack of discernment. And so what we do is we just say, Ah, God, I don't really need you. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to pray. I don't. And we just push him to the barn. Yeah. It's strong, isn't it? It's a strong thought. Do we make room for Jesus in the end of our heart on a daily basis? See, it doesn't just, it, it's not just Jesus himself. It's, if, it, if it's Jesus, then it's his ways. It's what he's asked us to do. It's how he's trying to operate in our lives. You know, all right, that point, that one's finished. Helicopter land, bam. All right, next point, point two. All right, ready? You know, God could have said now that he's got his son, you know, about to be born in the barn, you know, you know that God could have said this. He could have said, you know, golden and diamond castle be for my son to be born in. He could have done that. That would have been easy. And now all of a sudden the ground would have shook and, and here's this awesome castle that the world has never seen the glory of. And, and he goes, Mary and Joseph, enter right in. I mean, that was completely possible for the Lord to do. 
I mean, he could have done all kinds of things. Sent some ministering angels to go and help them and, you know, just, I mean, laid the red carpet down for his son to come into the world. Wasn't that possible? Would you agree with me that that, that was definitely a reality that God could have made for his son? But he didn't. But he didn't. I mean, I knew, I, I be, believe, and I think we can easily see that he knew that the innkeepers were not going to discern that. He knew that Jesus was going to be pushed to the barn. And I believe that even though he, he probably offered an opportunity for them to be honored throughout history, eternal history, he knew the choice that they were going to make. He knew they were going to miss it, just like he knows that we're going to miss it sometimes. And you know what? He was okay with allowing his son to come in a barn. I wrote this down. He allowed his own humility to be shown that he was willing to come down to our level, the lowest of levels, and lift, lift us up to the height of his heart, his love towards us. In other words, I could make this great castle, I could make this great place for Jesus to enter the world, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the, the owner and the designer of the universe. I could, I could build this great and majestic thing. I mean, he could have created a planet for him to be born on. He could have done anything he wanted to. And yet he said, let me show you my humility. I'm willing to come down all the way down to where you're at so that I can get up underneath you and lift you to the heights of my love that I have for you. It's an amazing thought. Wasn't it good to end the first thought and get to the second thought? Let's read Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And the angel said to them, Fear not, like our video. No. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news. Of great, what kind of good news? Of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Uh, it's interesting here uh, is just how strong this is. He says, I bring you good, the angel, who says it? The angel. I bring you good news. Hey, hey, shepherds, fear not. Fear not, don't be afraid. You know, and you realize he was not just speaking to the, to the shepherds. He was speaking to all mankind at this moment. Um, something just happened. Don't be afraid. Hey, hey. Don't be afraid. I don't, I don't care what you're facing right now. Don't be afraid. There is no fear in love. And, and what the angel is saying to the earth, to all humanity is, God's here. And in him, there's no fear. 
There is no fear in love. As a matter of fact, now that he's here, if you'll allow him to be, if you will open up your heart to him, make some room in the end of your heart, he will come in and he will push all fear out of you. Every ounce of fear. And see, when you have fear, it's showing that we haven't fully opened up the end of our heart to let his love lift us to the heights that he wants us to be at. But if we will open up the end of our heart and truly let him be God, all fear will be pushed out. Don't be afraid. I, I bring you good news. Good news. Good news how? Great joy. Not just joy. Great joy. Great joy. Overflowing joy. Joy in abundance. For how many people? For all people. Not just the Jews, not just the Christians. I bring this great news for all people. Now see, what's important to look at here is, who's saying this? This is, this is the angel talking to the shepherds. But, but what's an angel? They're a messenger straight from the throne room of heaven. Sent to declare and proclaim God's will, His heart, His love for the people. In other words, this message that's coming through the angel, it is not just some you know, random message that nobody... Have, you, you, know, you ever known those people where like, you know, you've got a friend and like, they talk all the time? You know? if, if, the, if there's a dead airspace... You know, in the sound atmosphere, they're talking. They're going to feel it, right? Y'all never had one of those friends. <laughs> they're, they're feeling it. And it's like, you ever get somebody that's like that, that they're always talking, they're always saying something? You have to take everything that they say with a grain of salt because you don't know what's true, right? You got one of those friends, don't you? <laughs> I, I've had those too. You, know, you don't know what they're going to say. And you don't know what to believe and what not to believe because they're just throwing stuff out there, out of their mouth. They're just throwing stuff out there. They're just throwing stuff out there. But see, when the angel shows up, it's not like that. You know, sometimes you've got people like that, but then you've got other people that walk in and they don't talk all the time. They have some resolve in their life. I mean, they just walk into the room. Everybody's like, oh, everybody be quiet. Listen, he about to say something, right? There was a commercial. And yeah, he said, when E.F. Hutton listens, everybody listens, right? Well, listen, E.F. Hutton don't have anything on God. You want to talk about every word being established. See, the angels were bringing the word of God. And here's what God said to all mankind, to all mankind, mankind. Don't be afraid. I bring you some good news of great joy. Great joy for all mankind. This is an established thing. This is not something we should be questioning. And see, when we receive Jesus into the end of our heart, this should be the symptoms of that. This should be the results. And if we're not having those results, then maybe what we need to check is, have I opened up the door to the end of my heart? Have I discerned what Christ actually wants to do? Or have I assumed, have I been so busy in my life that I've assumed that it looks like this when he actually looks different? 
and I haven't opened up myself fully. See, if I'm not walking in that, then there's some place I haven't opened up myself. Isaiah 55.11 just says this, So my word, my word, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. God talking about his word. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. You see, when he spoke by the mouth of the angels in Luke chapter 2 and he said, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. That word is accomplished for anybody that will open up the end of their heart and receive him as good news, receive him as great joy, receive him as I don't have to fear anymore because Jesus is with us. God is with us through Jesus and God is with me. Anyone who will receive that can have good news, great joy, fear not, manifest in their life. It's who Jesus is, the gift of gifts. Continuing on in Luke chapter 2, verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, again, these are angels, the messengers of God. Not just out there randomly saying something. You know, it wasn't like Gabriel and Michael were standing up in heaven on the street corner like, hey man, I see some shepherds down there. Let's just go throw some words at them. That didn't happen. They were on a mission, sent from God. Go announce to the world in a supernatural way. My heart for mankind, my voice. So they show up. Now, one shows up. He delivers the first message. And now all of them show up. And they start by giving all glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men with whom he is pleased. So now we have, don't be afraid. Good news. Don't be afraid. Good news. Great joy. Peace for all people. Listen to this. All people with whom he's pleased. See, if you'll accept it right now, Jesus came with this message, this manifestation, he's pleased with you. It doesn't mean you got everything right. It just means he looked down and he said, I love you more than that. And I choose to be pleased with you instead of mad at you. I'm making a choice. And I'm pleased with you enough to send you someone, the gift of all gifts, Jesus, that will change everything. That will change everything. And I'm sending him uh, with this message accompanying. So that you know where he's coming from. And what he's coming for. To bring you good news. Don't fear. Good news. Great joy. Peace for all people with whom he is pleased. It says the same thing again over in 2 Corinthians 5. At the end of the chapter. Verse 17 through Uh, 21, I believe it's 19 or 20, it says that he is not holding your sins against the world. 
He's not mad at the world. It doesn't mean that we've done it right. It just means that he's making a choice to not be angry at you. He's making a choice to give you a way out. And the way out in these verses just showed up on the scene. What child is this? This is the greatest gift that the universe will ever see. Jesus Christ. So my question is this. Will you open the end of your heart to him today? I'm not just asking, will you be born again or will you accept Jesus? Although if you haven't done that, that's, that's what I'm asking you to start today. You can start it. But I'm also asking you, even if you have been born again, will you start to use a, a deeper discernment of the things of God and let Jesus move into every area of your life, every thought, every action? Will you open up the end? Will you not just sit there and say, Amen, a good message preacher, and then you just pass by out of a lack of humility. It's just another church service. No, 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 no. Today, there's a Savior that wants to be born into your life, knocking on the door of the end of your heart. No matter how many times you've heard a message, saying today, will you be changed? Will you make up my room for me in your heart or will you send me out to the barn today can be a different day it can be a turning point it can be a marker in your life where everything changes changes to what no fear good news great joy peace for anybody who will accept it because he's pleased with you what a great message These words were spoken for anyone who will receive him. Just will you say this? Just say, Lord, today I open the end of my heart to you. Today each day and every day from this point forward. I want every piece of Jesus to manifest in my life. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director. You make the calls. I'm not following my thinking. I'm following your thinking. And I believe that you were given to me out of the Father's love and that you died for me and that he brought you back to life. And when he rose up, he brought me up with him and raised me to new life. I receive that new life today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I receive the gift of all gifts. Today and every day. Amen. Amen. Father, we just praise you. We worship you. And we celebrate you. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing. 
Lord, we honor the gift of gifts. We honor you today. Lord, we celebrate you. We celebrate you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, and we worship you. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you've done. And Lord, we give glory to you along with the angels in Luke chapter 2. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen.